0: Okay, so let's. Um, okay, I'll do the, the quick intro and then we can get to all our thoughts because, man, when we decided on Terminator last week, I was so excited. My wife's never seen it before, so we watched it for the first time. What? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, oh. we'll get to that. <laughs> she wow. a lot. She had a lot of thoughts. Coming up on this episode of Real Good Movies, come with us if you want to live. It's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Same make.
1: These were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken
0: today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New
1: mission. Terminator 2.
0: You just can't go around killing people. That was it. That was the intro. Was really cool. <laughs> I oh, mean, man. you could
2: have thrown in like a few more quotes. Hospital. <laughs> I mean, movie,
1: I was movie. I was waiting yeah. for. I told you I'd be back. Or <laughs> yeah, wait, there we're back.
0: I'm back. <laughs> so we'll let the listeners decide whatever intro you like. Just make it up. It's choose your own adventure. <laughs> uh, so last week we finally decided to, to tackle this because we determined the best villain of season one was the Terminator, and what better way to segue into this movie? then to to go with it uh terminator 2 judgment day and it it really wins the season 1 debate debate it won it pretty solidly we had a lot of good arguments for it and then you enter this movie and the T1000 and it just really ups the stakes so i like i was just saying i'm so excited to talk about this movie with you guys my wife and my wife or producer, whatever you want to call her anymore. <laughs> I never saw this movie. I am always excited to, when it's on, watch it. If it's not on, put it on with somebody who hasn't seen it and and sit down. And really what I want to go through with this conversation is find out why this movie is so talked about and why it, it really is one of the best, if not the best sequel of all time. And I think who better than to, to help me determine that with a returning guest, Matt. Hello, and of course Dan. That's the, me. Le- the legendary. <laughs> what when you when you start to think about Terminator Two? What's the first thing that comes to mind? I like this movie very much. It was released in 1991.
1: I would have been six years old. I think this was the first rated R movie I had seen. I saw it on, VH, <laughs> I saw it on VHS. I didn't go to the theaters to see it, but I'm pretty sure it was the first rated R movie I had ever seen. I think, to answer your question, why is it talked about so much? Mm. It's beautiful to look at. It is stunning. Every frame could be used as a computer background, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> Including the, pl- the, the scene with the uh, the nuclear explosion? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be a scary background, but it visually
2: looks great. So.
1: <laughs> the Very other funny. thing would be it's giant leaps in
0: special effects
1: specifically I of course the t-1000 uh, liquid metal form mm-hmm. and shape-shifting and whatnot
0: yeah a couple of comments the one of the biggest comments from my wife when i told her that this was a movie from 1991 uh she wasn't exactly floored but kind of caught off guard at how how impressive it looked and still looks to this day yes. for a movie that's you know just 1991
1: it, like, because that's... it's used so subtly i mean Uh, in 1991 it was a big deal people were amazed by it but because it was used so subtly uh and today it looks i don't i don't it just it it holds up tremendously there are movies today that because of how technology has grown it's so much easier to make what we see in movies now it took months of you know coding and rendering for even that few second shot of uh, the T-1000 walking out of the fire in the metal form and then shifting back into Robert Patrick that took a long time to do so much you know de- and it's it's not a very detailed form it's a man you know looks like he's been dipped in mercury walking but it was uh so it was worked on so heavily I don't, it just holds up it's you know it's like in an antique they don't make them like they used to I guess is the long and short that's the point
2: yeah it, it definitely i like that you bring that up because i was i was looking through some like extras i think it was some clips on youtube that came from like one of the special edition dvds or something and they were talking about the cg that was used in the film and stuff like that and um there was a lot of emphasis on making sure that even though they used it quite a bit uh that they really didn't have like long scenes or like really long segments because at that point your eye would get used to it and then it would start to go into that weird uh it looks fake and and it doesn't look right type of thing like your mind would do that like i mean there's so many movies that come out now that that haven't perfected that i love black panther i think that's an amazing movie but the cgi in it is really shoddy looking in those fight scenes it looks bad um same thing with the the uh, Wolverine Origins movie, it's got some really bad CG in it. Um, there's a lot of movies that that do that because there's just so much CG and you're sitting there watching it for a long period of time. There's all these fight scenes and and, and whatnot that's just pure CG. And then your eye gets used to it and then it looks like absolute shit. Um, and they really figured that out like early on that you can't do that. You have to cut away from it.
0: It's really remarkable that this movie is. It relies kind of heavily that in that the one of the main villains or one of the main characters is. You could easily say Robert Patrick is fifty percent him on screen, fifty percent the 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 liquid metal form mm-hmm. of the Terminator, and the fact that they mix that with what we loved about Terminator One was that practical effects. And I still, I'm a sucker for practical effects. I'll say it any day. I'll take yeah. practical over shoddy <laughs> CG. And that this movie combines the two uh, remarkably, and yeah, it- just what they do with
2: those nuclear blast scenes with the miniatures and stuff, and like it's so amazing. It
0: looks great, and and it's it's practical. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Very reminiscent of the destruction scenes in Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> true. <Right>? Yeah, true. <laughs> so this is a sequel. Obviously, the Terminator. We love Terminator. We love Terminator for the simplicity of time travel, the simplicity of the story. So when we talk about, when I think about Terminator Two, I always like to to tell tell people or try to convince them why this movie is better than the original. I think there's a lot of points to be made. And when if Dan, like let's say if you're trying to convince somebody this movie is better than the original, what is the number one thing you 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 tell them about this movie that that they would they would choose this over the original?
2: God, I would just say that Arnold just really comes out and, and just shines in this one and he he becomes the Terminator. He's got all of his classic uh lines in here. He's it's it's just I, I would hate to say that it's Arnold's movie and he just owns the whole thing and just makes you like completely fall in love with him because the other characters are carrying a lot of weight too. But like, but that's that's what I would tell somebody. Like, if
0: get in get knee deep into some Arnold shit, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it is up there in terms of like Arnold stuff, Matt, if you were talking like telling somebody about this one, what do you tell
1: him? I would say, and and I'm assuming it's, I'm telling someone who saw the first one. Of course. Well, you need to see the second one
2: because Sarah Connor is a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. She, she definitely is. I think that's interesting that you, you say something about that, Matt, because I think that a lot of people, especially in like, kind of our age bracket I think we're at least similar in age um saw T2 and then had to later backtrack and see Terminator um a lot of people myself included saw T2 they I think it was a lot more heavily marketed um I I was definitely at least closer to the right age to being able to see it not that I was supposed to be seeing a rated R movie when I was like <laughs> 6 or 7 but still Something about uh T2 coming out, just there was so much. Um, it, it just seemed like a little more built up. Definitely Terminator One, like a much smaller scope. Um, and, and a great movie once you go back and watch it. But I, I don't think that a vast majority of people saw Terminator and then wanted to see Terminator Two. Um, I think it was kind of like the other way around. I
1: saw Terminator Two a dozen times before I saw the first one,
0: likewise, yeah. yeah. I think that's that's pretty common. Um, mm-hmm. I had seen bits and pieces before of Terminator two before I actually sat down and watched The Terminator. Mm-hmm. And I think like the Terminator it feels like an indie movie compared to Terminator two. Yeah, it's got and that kind that, of vibe. Yeah, and, and a lot of people are, are quick to judge sequels because in a in this day and age where everything gets a sequel just because the first one made movie made money. Mm-hmm. that you don't get the good quality James Cameron sequels that you used to get sure. from the 80s and early 90s. Uh, speaking of James Cameron, uh, releases Terminator in 84, uh, Alien sequel uh, comes out, I believe, 86, and then this movie, this sequel in, in uh, 91. What movie do you think cements him as like the king of sequels? Uh, would you say it would be Aliens or or this film?
2: Yeah, it, it definitely has to be this. Aliens is a great movie, but it doesn't hold much of a candle to two. Th- so.
1: Right. I would think because between Alien and Aliens, there's still an argument over which one is better. This is true. Because they're so different.
2: Yeah, there's Alien nobody out there defending that Terminator is a better movie than Terminator 2. I don't think. Absolutely not.
0: Terminator <laughs> no, it's is hard to. Far. The yeah. first question I asked my producer was, do you do you like it more or less than than the first one? instantly like without even thinking she said that the the second one was better more entertaining oh yeah (laughs) obviously bigger budget better effects but then we we started talking about what there's more in depth than just budget and effects matt were you gonna say sorry
1: i was gonna say more laughs as well Terminator 2 is a funny movie there Mm -hmm. is some Mm -hmm. some
0: parts and i remember laughing i'm like oh man i miles dyson just got shot i don't know if i should be laughing at something arnold (laughs) said Right. Yeah, it's it's really, really well went well well written and uh structured like the story. And I noticed this the second time. This movie gets better every time you watch it. And the second time you kind of watch how the story bounces back between three separate stories, and then right about halfway mark, it just combines them all into this this magnificent mesh of I don't want to say like expert storytelling, but it's you're invested in every single situation, every single scene. You're waiting to see what happens. It's that suspense of the first one upped mm-hmm. in the second yeah. one. Did you guys have any notes? Anything? <laughs> no, <it's> just, <laughs> I there's mean, just so much to say. It's just
1: every time... I mean, we're going to get into the uh, the categories and stuff, and I'm yes. sure our lists will draw out the uh, conversation even more. Absolutely. Yeah, I
0: just, I'd just like to go through like the impact of this movie. Um, obviously, one of the best sequels, if not the best sequel james cameron goes off and then i mean it's all uphill from him Mm -hmm. (laughs) he cements his legacy there i think the movie titanic comes out and if you guys heard of that one 97 breaks all these box office records and then avatar comes out and he beats his own record like that's a flex the guy is is clearly from his early stages of film career like he knows what he's doing
2: yeah Cameron is completely unstoppable um he just ups the game and ups it and ups it and regardless of how uh, I I don't even feel like Avatar is divisive it is for me because I don't love that movie but it's so uh beloved it made so much money the the second one is on track to to probably make more money um yeah uh he he just ups the game nonstop.
1: he's uh craftsman to say the least absolutely Uh, avatar uh, was a movie i was i went to go see out of curiosity i think that was the first 3d movie i saw Mm -hmm. okay and it looked spectacular on the screen the story maybe i've heard that one a couple of times before (laughs) dances (laughs) with wolves pocahontas last samurai seemed familiar (laughs) curiosity has me
0: again i'm going to see the second one after watching Terminator Two and and James Cameron's track record with sequels, I think that I'm on Dan's side. I'm not a huge fan of of the first uh, Avatar. I, I just wasn't. It was something that came out obviously 2009. Everyone was talking about it. Go see it. Go see it. But I I I, I took a backseat, and I didn't I didn't see that movie until two or three years ago. I thought, well, maybe this is a better suited for the big screen. But here I am, all these years later, thinking about, hey maybe I'll go check out the sequel because of his track record with, with not only movies, but like sequels in general. I think mm-hmm. that'll get people in. It gets me. In.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Well, Avatar, the way of water or whatever it's called, be the T2 of the avatar franchise.
0: <laughs> Could you, you? never know, at three hours and 10 minutes? I don't know if you guys heard about that runtime. <laughs> yeah. I, heard. I have to, we're going
1: to see like a four 30 show. <laughs> like we're leaving work. Going to the movies and then because anytime after goes like to the midnight or even later, there are 10 p.m. showings that'll put you at like what two in the morning by the time yeah, you
0: leave. No, that's yep.
1: that's, that's way <laughs> past my bed or 11. No, it, it starts at 10 50 p.m. Oh, gosh. so I just round that's up insane. to 11. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're a bunch of night owls up here. I don't know, it's insane. I,
2: I can't say that a movie's like runtime like really ever turns me off. I mean, sometimes it, it can feel like a task or whatever, sure, but uh but I think that even this movie is, I feel like for 91 is, is a little long. Um, It's over the two hour mark, uh, two hour and and what, almost 30 minutes or something. It's, it's a longer movie. I can't remember the runtime, but um, it's never a runtime that turns me off about a movie. It's just Hmm. like, once I think about what the movie is, who's creating it, what they have to say. um, James Cameron with a long runtime doesn't turn me off. Just like, uh, endgame didn't turn me off with the song run time i'm I'm fine with that i feel like there's a compelling story to be told by somebody who can tell a compelling story now if martin scorsese wants to make a four-hour movie fuck you i'm not watching
0: it but like (laughs) i watched the irish uh, man in five days there you go (laughs) exactly
1: yeah the difference between like uh martin scorsese and james cameron and the uh the mcu specifically Mm -hmm. would be like it would um, a four hour Martin Scorsese movie would have to be part of a franchise that mm-hmm. wraps up a whole bunch of characters' story. Uh, when Endgame, whatever the runtime for Endgame was, three hours mm-hmm. and what? One three minute and a half? I <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not joking. I think it's three it hours and like one minute. That three hours, one yeah. minute.
1: Okay. It could have been five hours. Sure, because I want to see
0: those characters all day long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Terminator 2 at two hours and 17 minutes. Uh, I feel like I sit down and watch that movie. It's over in half an hour.
2: Two se- okay. I've got two thirty-two. So, Me you must have guys. watched the better version. Yes. Conflicting information. But <laughs> the question
0: here
1: is, which version did you guys watch? The I feel I maxed it, it, so I don't know whatever's on there or the special <laughs> edition. I did in which special case, I have the special edition Blu-ray. Ah, uh,
0: okay, okay. I feel like I'm missing. I just <laughs> watched the Netflix, like the poor man's version of T2. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't
1: know. I didn't. I have uh, my Blu-ray. I don't know what uh, what version is streaming these days
2: we all could have watched a completely different ending you never know yeah it's, it's that the, too. One, the one where
0: david bowie kidnaps the kid right? <laughs> yeah exactly
2: that's why we don't ever hear from edward furlong again what the hell
0: <laughs> edward furlong i mean not not much happens to him after this movie i don't i american history x i think is his next biggest film sure uh and then it kind of kind of floats away into into I don't know what happened to him. Was it Detroit
1: Tr- Rock City? The Tr- Kiss movie. Okay.
0: okay. Yeah, he so- <laughs> was in that.
2: You're correct. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow.
0: Yeah, he's one of those people where you know the name, you've seen the face from this movie, but then you kind of wonder what what happened.
1: I would like to say, like, if I was in his shoes, mm-hmm. I think I've seen him. I've seen him at a convention in Detroit. Uh, T2 is hugely successful. Everyone sees that movie. You could just spend the rest of your life going town to town signing copies of VHSs or Laserdiscs or DVDs or Blu-rays or 4Ks or posters or whatever and probably live a very comfortable life just on that one movie, which I'm sure he
0: does. And if you're not a fan of T2, then you get the American History X crowd, whoever yeah he gets called movie in the rallies
1: <laughs> and he he uh puts the
2: phone down it's like i don't think so that was a movie guys on uh, nah. that yeah that, that was a movie let's not forget the john waters pecker movie um so oh, yeah. yeah he was in that
1: right. with uh christina
2: reach <laughs> yes exactly
0: so so a couple hits and then a couple of quasi hits sure um but i my biggest takeaway from this one is that this is i think personally the height of arnold's career yes i think this is not only his best film his best performance but he's got predator in 86 then total recall kindergarten cop t2 and then uh, there's a couple pretty notable movies that come out later in the 90s um but i think it, of question. anything what is what is next
1: for him i'm i know I, after this i'm skipping forward to like batman and robin
0: i i think i just had his imdb up open but it's there's not a lot it kind of uh the sixth day maybe was one of those last action hero last love action hero true lies yeah what
2: an amazing movie and then we're getting
1: into junior eraser <laughs> jingle all the way christmas classic batman and robin end of days The Sixth day collateral damage terminator 3 is his last movie before he becomes governor
0: i think okay the governor yes i remember that. because
1: there's quite a gap until expendables
0: right so he he's past his peak uh, is it safe to say that the, these this era the terminator 2 era is, is his best his best work no
1: i'm not going to disagree i okay. just want to say i haven't seen true lies you haven't seen and, True Lies, Jesus Christ. And those that's just, the uh, reaction I get from everybody <laughs> when I say that.
2: Look, I'm not saying it's the greatest movie in the entire world, but it's definitely a movie that you should watch. Um, wow, that's that's super interesting, Matt. I wouldn't expect that of you. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> hey, wow. It,
0: it's true. There's, I'm there's semi-disappointed,
2: <laughs> Matt, a little bit.
1: It's one of those movies that, uh, you know kind of didn't kill james bond but a lot of people are like why can't james bond be like this movie okay (laughs) so Mm -hmm. that's kind of i mean a little (laughs) bit of why i haven't seen it's like why would you do james bond dirty like that maybe i don't want to see it but uh on the other hand well it's like okay so this is like
0: an american james bond
1: then i'll have to check it
0: out if you're an arnold fan absolutely and i think you have to be after you watch terminator 2
2: yeah that does look like it like it's it though we terminator 2 and then um Last Action Hero, True Lies. After that, then Junior, then then Eraser, Jingle All the Way, Batman and Robin, End of Days, yeah. <laughs> all into the two thousands. After that, yeah, it's so. it's
0: weird he didn't get an Oscar for Batman and Robin, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> he did a good Mister Freeze. I all the puns and everything, he nailed it. That's kind of something that I wanted to ask you guys about. I don't mean to derail the conversation, oh. but uh, I was when I was sitting down to take my notes for this episode, and I was looking at recasting. And I, I, I chose a couple of things for, for recasting roles, you know, if it was made today or whatever, uh, modern sense. But um, how do you guys feel about Arnold in this role? Of course, it's like super iconic for him. Of course, he owns the character. He is the character and everything. Sure. But like, I truly feel like this really can't be done by anybody else and have the same impact. And and the one of the bigger reasons that I feel that way is like Arnold comes across very mechanical he comes across like he plays that machine well um and it's not that other people can't and and of course maybe some of it has to do with his uh english as a second language and everything for him yeah. um and and all of that but and then obviously the bodybuilding and everything and being like this uncanny like huge guy or whatever but i just it seems so fitting and perfect that he plays this role that I just was sitting there kind of daydreaming. And I was like, God, I can't think of anybody else during the time. If, if, if Sylvester Stallone or somebody else would have been cast in this role, like this movie would have been nothing. Like it wouldn't have been as big as it was, or it wouldn't have happened or or whatever. Like, how do you guys feel about Arnold in the role?
0: I I absolutely, I'm behind it. Like I can't, it's hard to see. And I think maybe it's because of Arnold's acting style is that he he's kind of robotic. He's Mm -hmm. not, the most Daniel Day Lewis actor out there. Um, So the fact that he is kind of robotic in a way, and as wild as it sounds, even when you watch this movie, his accent, if he didn't have his accent, this is a generic character. Exactly. There's nothing that puts him aside from like you said, Sylvester Stallone, who is in that era, could be, or even like a modern day, I don't know, Scott Eastwood or whoever, Chris Hemsworth couldn't do that. Because of the magic and almost like the comedic aspect, like why does this robot have an Austrian accent? I don't know. It (laughs) doesn't matter, but it's a little bit of comedy to underline like this really super serious movie. You just said Chris Hemsworth, and I would
1: love to see (laughs) the Australian
0: Terminator. You know what? Now I kind of do too. (laughs) I I just watched. I rewatched more
1: Love and Thunder the other day, and I was I'm really liking this movie, and I'm really liking if let's put. Uh, Chris Hemsworth as the next Terminator. Yeah,
0: we might have something uh, there. His,
1: I,
2: I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't retire from acting. So, uh... oh yeah. What uh,
1: it's not so much that Arnold could be the only one to do this role. What I like the best is his progression as an actor. Mm-hmm. His performance in the Terminator and in T2 are miles apart in a mm-hmm. good way. Mm-hmm. He uh, he has all the experience of the '80s of all those great '80s action movies. Some of those humorous one-liners from those movies, and he's coming right off of Kindergarten Cop, which is an action movie, but a fam- is Kindergarten Cop is such a weird movie—action, family, comedy film—which he obviously keeps in his back pocket as far as like humor is concerned, and brings out, like I said, a little bit at a time for T2
0: so arnold is is the man um for there uh before we get to awards this movie wins best uh four oscars best sound visual effects makeup and sound effects i think that just goes without saying like because uh, of the it. technical feats of this movie it's almost like the mad max fury road of its day mm-hmm. like it's so advanced it's so clean yeah it's <sighs> one of those
1: things about uh award shows specifically the oscars where a great you know blockbuster movie wins can win four oscars like that but not really be considered for best picture when we yeah you know the whole world went to go see it then you obviously want to recognize it for <laughs> its biggest attributes uh but one of them best picture best overall we're not saying give arnold an oscar or edward right. for we long. determine yeah, for I, sure. um, but yeah. <laughs> oh he, he likes Edward for, long, <laughs> for sure <laughs> but uh yeah, if a movie can win four Oscars, it should certainly be in. Incons- I mean, that was in the day when there was only five nominations. Well, now we're in the world of 10, so maybe had T2 had... If in 1991 there was the chance of 10 nominations, T2 might have been up there.
2: 91 gets uh, Best Picture Dances with Wolves. Okay. Nope, that oh, was... Oh, yeah. Sorry, that
0: was the year Wasn't it- at- prior. Oh, so 91, like movies so coming out from 90- 91 actually oh, okay, was... Okay. Yeah, um, just to correct it, it was the first rated R movie I remember watching, Silence of mm-hmm. the Lambs. It was that. Oh, year. So, so
2: Silence of the Lambs wins.
0: Yes, Best Picture. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now,
2: okay, uh, that's yeah. Interesting I'm going to go ahead and say that. Fuck that. Uh, T2 <laughs> is a way better picture than Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. I'm I am and not going to
1: go that far <laughs> to say that, well, but I will you say, say that's fine. Yeah, we I mean, were <laughs> certainly giving consideration to
2: genre type films look at Linda Hamilton's performance though in this movie I was talking a minute ago about people that I that I think kind of were like perfectly cast here and I think that that is this movie is like a, a perfect storm of everything it's it's such a nice tight script Um everything works in this movie it's so like early 90s to the point where you have like uh, guns and roses on the soundtrack and arnold straight up has a box of roses with a gun in it when the song comes on like doesn't get any more perfect than that you have arnold schwarzenegger you have like this M- this like new like mtv generation of like young kid like edward furlong you've got butt from uh salute your shorts as his best friend like there's <laughs> way too much like going on here that makes this movie like perfect and then you take somebody's performance in it like linda linda hamilton and like I mean, she just nails that performance. Like she does such a great, like dramatic reading of that character. And I don't know. It it perplexes me that anything could be above that this same year. Like I don't even see something as like any performances in Silence of the Lambs comparing to this movie at all. And I'll just say that
1: uh, Jodie Foster won Best Actress that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was her second Oscar. Now, I'm not a big fan of repeat Oscar winners, so mm-hmm. had Linda Hamilton been nominated, I would have certainly said give it to her because Jodie Foster's already got one. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. there's a couple scenes in the psych ward where she has the absolute breakdown. It's very convincing. Uh, there's a couple scenes we'll talk to about later that you're right. If, if, if you can't win twice, I think Linda Hamilton... I like to go back and say, oh, would this be the best picture? But it's hard to top you know silence of the lambs uh, like you said it's a genre film it's the first time a horror movie was ever actually a winner
1: but this was also the year if i'm not mistaken that beauty and the beast was nominated and this would have been the year that we were allowed to stay up late enough to maybe see <laughs> beauty and the beast win best picture we eventually fell asleep before that happened and then the next the next morning my parents had to say no it didn't win sorry I, it <laughs> won you know what happened it won best song for beauty and the beast. And we thought that was it. And we went to bed. I was oh, like, it won. Oops. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it won something. Yeah. Quite, quite a year for movies. I think if you look back at 91, it's, there's a lot of big name movies in there. I, I'm sure we'll be doing silence of the lambs at some point in time, but uh, yeah, some stuff, tough competition in 91. Uh, Before we go to the awards, 91 box office, top five movies, city slickers, number four silence of the lambs number three robin hood prince of thieves number two was terminator 2 do you guys know which one was number one
1: it had to be beauty and the beast if it's not terminator
0: that is correct it was beauty and the beast and what's even crazier and i don't know if these numbers are adjusted for inflation 247 million dollars was the number one spot that's a opening weekend this (laughs) day yes so pretty remarkable now, are you looking at domestic or
1: worldwide? Because We're going worldwide. Would, that was worldwide.
0: Yeah, it was worldwide. Us. I don't know how much Canada really contributed to that. I thought. <laughs> I think <laughs> when it, when
1: when it's referred to domestic, it means Canada and U.S. Okay, uh, I got gotcha. you. And then worldwide is usually it gets released in China and makes it. That's you know, where the money tens of, million, to 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 of millions, millions or hundreds of millions more money. Tens of millions of dollars. Tens of millions. <laughs> tens of dollars. <laughs>
0: Ten <Dozens>. more dollars. <laughs> So the awards, uh, we'll go in, in traditional um, order. Let's actually start with Worst Scene, get this one out of the way, uh, because this one was tough. It was not easy for me. Uh, I even asked my, my producer, I said, what was the part of the movie where you picked up your phone and checked? She couldn't tell me. She was absolutely in- enthralled in this movie, and that's not very common for her to, to, to at least find a 5 to 30 second period where you can check your phone. So with that being said, <laughs> Do you guys have a worst scene in the movie? Oh, okay.
1: I want to hear the worst. Yeah, let's go with that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't mean to paint the picture in in that light. It's not that there's bad scenes in this movie. I do think that everything works and everything has a purpose, but I think that once they get to Mexico, um, I'm a little less invested than I was. Um, It picks up right after that, and I'm cool with that, and, and it serves a purpose, but it does get a little tiny bit draggy for me there uh yeah that's i was
1: going to say i don't really have a worse scene similar to when we were talking about jurassic park i don't think there's a worse scene but there are the scenes where yeah i check my phone or i go to the bathroom when they arrive in mexico that's certainly the halfway point Mm -hmm. before things kick off again so yeah i'm hitting the bathroom we're getting a new or getting a snack um but a lot of the scenes that were taken out originally and then put back in for the special edition, some are great. Some are were taken out mainly because they they're redundant. <clears throat> One of them is when uh, Sarah Connor has been beaten and drugged in the hospital, and she uh, has a dream of mm-hmm. the returning Kyle Reese. Mm-hmm. And while marketing would have had people f- flocking to stores to buy the laser disc that that appeared on (laughs) to see that scene. Uh, Like I said, it's redundant and it kicks, it uh, teases the better scene later where she's seeing all the kids at the playground and the, and the uh, nuke goes off. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that scene was cut out, I guess for, with good reason, but, and like I said, it's not a bad scene, but it's certainly the first one I think of when I'm like, okay, it was amazing to see this happen or, you know, when scenes come back into a movie is like it's stuff we've never seen before. That's terrific. But that once that novelty wears off, I'm
0: it's the redundancy. Okay. Fair. Yeah. And there's a lot of the good thing about this is that it's hard to find those scenes in this movie where it's not something new, it's not some new exposition, it's not a new character, it's not some incredible character development because that this movie is a prime example of character development. I mean, you even give character development to a damn robot <laughs> like that's it that blows my mind. So, and it's interesting, like he gets that character development because well,
1: another deleted scene was when they open up Arnold's scalp and remove his CPU and hit the reset switch, and then he becomes. You know, he starts learning how humans interact with each other. All of that's cut out with a piece of dialogue saying, I'm a learning computer,
0: and sure. that's all you need. That changes the end of the movie, too. But
1: as far as practical effects are concerned, that scene is terrific because I shoot it with, it's supposed to be, it's uh John Connor holding a lamp, Sarah Connor drilling into Arnold's head and taking out the CPU in front of a mirror. Now, the way they achieve that is they have a double, the... Mirror isn't there. Linda Hamilton is drilling into a mannequin. Mm -hmm. And on the other side is Arnold with a, with a John Connor double and Linda Hamilton's twin sister. So she can look into the mirror and see herself. Uh, As far as cinematic uh, achievements is concerned, it's a great little scene, but it doesn't, you know, it's not necessarily for for the story, except for one great piece of dialogue where she takes out the uh, computer. She's about to hit it with a hammer uh john stops her and his one of his best lines in the movie is uh if i'm supposed to be this great military leader maybe you should listen to my suggestions once in a while and that is what changes her mind about you know destroying the computer and you know because she's scared of this thing it's a terminator Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sure
0: and when you get scenes like that when you go back and watch deleted scenes you kind of see that the bit where he says oh I'm i'm a great leader you actually see that that almost that same kind of communication after she stops him from killing Miles Dyson. She, she she sees in him the leader that he's supposed to be after she was almost the Terminator going after Miles Dyson. She talks some sense in him and she kind of realizes, hey, that's the moment that I gotta be more like John Connor. John Connor is the future of this planet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It was that's actually and, uh
1: what my girlfriend said while we were watching it. Uh I don't think she had seen it before. She certainly heard of it. It was one of the biggest movies of all time. But uh mm-hmm. Once uh, Sarah Connor grabs the guns, gets into the truck and uh, drives away and the music hits, uh, my girlfriend says like, oh, she's the Terminator now. I was like, that's exactly correct. (laughs)
0: It's not something that is immediately apparent. And when I was the first time watching, I'm like, wow, she's actually terrifying. Like, I would not want to be on the receiving end of Sarah Connor's, you know, when she just starts shooting at him in the office. I thought this is this is something Arnold would do. It's tough for me to pick a worse scene because I didn't watch the deleted scenes. I clearly watched the shorter version than both of you guys. I guess so. (laughs) So I don't have those deleted scenes to get rid of. Um,
2: 20 minutes or so.
0: (laughs) What I did find in an interview, because I was like, I wonder what James Cameron thinks after all these years about his favorite movie. So I I was watching an interview with E.T. and he said that he said himself that there is no scenes he would change as it holds up. The, The movie does hold up. Uh, but on a re-release in 3D, he edited a scene where the truck falls into the ditch and the the windshields fall out and you can clearly see them falling out. Mm-hmm. And he just changed that up a little bit. So the fact that the director who has the most input into the film like this wouldn't, wouldn't 30 years later go back and change a thing. It speaks volumes, I think. Uh, to was that with the windshield
1: and there's in that same scene uh, the, the T hundred is, you know, he rides the motorcycle off of the bridge there, and you can clearly yep. see it's a stunt double. So I, I that said 3D, that to my wife <laughs> in that 3D version, Cameron put Arnold's face on that double. So now oh, excellent, as okay. far as he's concerned, it's finished. That
0: the, it's still the Arnold like so many things happen, but your suspense of disbelief it's like it doesn't matter. I'm yeah. not I don't care if I notice it, it's not a thing because I'm so yeah. wrapped up in this movie sure i think that you're able to
2: excuse certain movies for for certain things like that like i'm okay with watching a movie like this and then acknowledging that this is a film um and that it had to use some certain effects to to make certain scenes or cuts or whatever um and i'm i'm perfectly good with that because it fits the narrative fits the story it's fine um i think it's whenever you get taken out of a movie by those things that you really want to point them out and really hate the movie or or dislike it for those reasons and and that just doesn't happen here for me. And I kind of did that in my most recent watch. I've seen the movie so many
1: times and, uh yesterday. I was just like, okay, I'm going to pay attention as best as I can. And that's when I noticed, you know, the smallest little nitpicks that don't ruin the movie for me, but certainly point out that I have to, you know, turn to whoever I'm with and say, that doesn't quite make sense because, you know, if uh, Judgment Day is in 1997, then this dialogue about Cyberdyne taking over in three years doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, the movie is supposed to take place in 1995 because John okay. Connor is apparently 10 years old on his, you know, gassed up dirt bike riding around Los Angeles.
2: <laughs> sure. Uh, well, that was one thing. I mean, he definitely seems more like a 13, 14 year old, which he was whenever he was yeah. casting the role. I think he was 13 um you definitely don't get the vibe that he's 10 i think that's way too young for the character i'm not sure why it was written that way
0: i, I guess to cover something but yeah. um but yeah i get you on that <laughs> it's it's remarkable props to you i don't think i could ever go back and, and try to nitpick this movie um because i don't want to see myself like n- not being able to unsee something mm-hmm. right i think that would that might bother me if i watch it in the future uh, <laughs> best scenes Okay, this is crazy because we'll, let's just go through every scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> opens.
2: This this is a movie of best scenes. Like that's pretty much all that's here. Like you look, Jerry. You don't even love like chase scenes, and I don't. And every chase scene in this movie is fantastic. Even like the one with uh, Miles Dyson's like little like kid like doing the remote control car is a wonderful chase scene. Um, yeah. every chase scene in this is is outstanding. So. uh it's it, it's so hard to just pick one but i'm sure you guys have something so
0: at the very beginning in the chase scene in the river it's not my favorite mm-hmm. scene of all the, the whole movie but sure i was trying to i was sitting there racking my brain why do i love this so much why am i so involved i think it's because it's like this new machine we just got we just got to the realization that it's arnold's not the bad guy this time
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we i don't, don't realize loving
1: that. that though i mean for if you kind of, I don't want to say you have to be an idiot not to realize it, but between the previous villain coming back, essentially, and then another robot who, if he didn't kill that cop right away, is dressed like a police officer and he's very kind to the uh, to John Connor's foster parents initially when he uh, shows up and says, "Are you the parents of John Connor?" Uh, Rob Patrick, by the way, is the star of this movie. He's oh, god, yeah, of all time. Um, everybody, between those two characters, you would think maybe the cop is the good guy, and you know, the previous bad guy is the bad guy again. It's not Mm -hmm. until you see the T 800, uh, certainly protecting John, he he whips out his gun. John Connor, I mean, obviously recognizes based on his mom's story that this is a Terminator, Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, uh, Arnold says, Get down. And that's the first hint of you knowing that Arnold is actually there to protect him. From this time,
0: it's easier for us to say, "Yeah, okay, you have to be an idiot to not see that." We've seen <laughs> this movie a few times, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was in the trailers too about who. Yeah, I mean, if to... you don't know at this point, I it's, it's really kind of. Uh, but yeah, the 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 fact when I was watching this movie, seeing the scene is that. And I think it, it talks about the success of how James Cameron is able to make a different movie, the same movie, different.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. it goes through the motions. And he said this in an interview I was watching, a very interesting guy to talk to, listen to talk. He he talks about how you have to go through the fami- familiar a uh, routine where the Terminator goes to the house, the same way in the first movie he looked through the phone book, goes to her house and, and messes <laughs> shit up. And you have to go there, but you have to change it in a way that it's not typical. And with the foster parents, how it was the Terminator on the phone. And then he kills the guy with the, the knife hand. Such a wonderful scene. Exactly. I could sit here and be like, Oh, that, that was again, such a <laughs> mind blowing scene. I'm going to give you my best scene and uh, the reasoning behind it. And I said this to, to my producer when, when the scene was about to happen, I said, get ready. Cause your jaw is going to be on the floor at how amazing these, not only the performances, but the, the impact and the feelings you feel. So it's when Sarah Connor encounters the T-800 in the psych ward Yes, as yeah, he's coming yeah, yeah. out of the elevator. I will never forget the first time I saw that.
2: The level of horror, like how just you feel that penetrates through the screen onto you. Like it just, you feel how terrified and horrified she is. And she's just screaming no. And oh my God, that's such that scene, like I can talk about that scene and give myself goosebumps. Like, yeah, that, I got,
0: I got, I, got I, goosebumps yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, I mean, her performance, that's what I'm saying. How the hell do you give Jodie Foster the Oscar for, for a it not, it's not even a dig. I'm being dead serious. How do you overlook what Linda Hamilton did in that scene and say, you know what? The Oscars going to Jodie Foster. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't.
1: Now that's one of my favorite scenes as well. And what makes that part wonderful is the lead up the first few minutes leading up to that mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. takes out the orderlies and the security guards in meticulous fashion she's, she's got breaking arms. arm she's got yeah the drano <laughs> against uh dr silverman's neck and she is on her way she's got the elevator she's just been through everything she's she's you
0: know, she straight up she's in she's action in movie
1: mm-hmm. yes she looks like black widow The elevator's door opens and that, you know, badass goes right back to where she started. I mean, everything she just went through in the last five minutes means nothing compared to this guy. She doesn't even try to attack him because Mm. she knows she can't, you
0: know, get near him. Her her first instinct is to she falls to the ground. She's horrified, Mm -hmm. utterly Mm -hmm. convincing. I felt the fear run through her. And then it's 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 phenomenal. It, you're right. And I it's when you watch her as the Terminator in the first like ten minutes of that sequence, and then it's just all undone. And then you remember all the the BS she went through in the first film, and how if that was me, I would be a nervous wreck for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. you don't know <laughs> if Arnold's going to turn that corner with a with a shotgun ready to to blow you away. So uh, another favorite
1: scene is the opening scene. We get a nice crystal clear picture. Of what the future looks like with mm-hmm. several uh metal skeletons stomping on human skulls We get to see the adult john connor for a split second but uh compared to the first time in the terminator it was very dark uh i don't want to say out of focus but you had to clearly you had to squint to pay attention to yeah it was, was it was
0: very 84 it was yeah. very much early early stage Terminator in in the first one. So to get you're right, a clear, a more HD, older John John Connor, and really cool, really cool. It added a lot to the (laughs) movie, the story. And then, of course, the dream of Los Angeles being engulfed
1: in flame. I mean, but what what she says about these dreams, children look like burnt paper, black, nothing moving, and then the blast wave hits them, and then they fly apart like leaves. That sounds like that's what you know was written
0: in the script. -hmm. And it was turned into dialogue. And not only was it horrifying to hear that, but later on they show it in graphic detail, and yeah, complete with screams of Linda Hamilton holding on to that. Which I mean was it's a it's a like a a meme history now. That (laughs) my wife said to me like, oh, I've seen that. I've seen that reaction. (laughs) Places. I'm like, yeah, get ready because this movie's got a lot of them. So yeah, but
2: that is that that's so impactful too. That's another. Really, really outstanding. Uh, Linda Hamilton. I mean, I, I don't know how they achieved that, so I'm not going to say that it's her performance, but <laughs> but I assume that it is in some way or another. But her just holding onto that fence and just screaming in, in agony, and then the skeleton just remaining there after that blast is
0: just—it's <laughs> a good amount of horror in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of look past, and it's like, wow, this movie's just got everything: action, horror, comedy, family. Sure, you name it, and and I wanted to talk about a scene too. There's, we're we're kind of all over the place with these scenes,
2: and it would be easy to pick like a really cool iconic scene, like like what you guys just did. Um, I think that look when I was a little kid and I first saw this movie, and we have after that opening scene that Matt was just talking about a a minute ago, um, that really. Look, that scene kind of just made me. I'm I'm not a big video game person, like I never have been, but that scene just makes me want to go to an arcade and play like uh, that. Like Terminator video game, exactly. Like it it looks looks amazing. Yeah, it looks so cool. Um, but but after that, whenever uh, Arnold lands there in the past and he uh he he spawns there uh, nude and then walks into the bar. I mean, as a as a small child, just seeing that and seeing how badass. The T-800 is And then just, you know, give me your clothes Give me your boots, your motorcycle, all that uh, That scene just really did it for me um, it's, it's really early in the movie It sets up who Who the T-800 is As a character before you really get to know him And know his intentions and everything Yeah, And it's just It's such a wonderful scene And then you circle back to the rest of the movie And there's not a lot of anything quite like that In the movie, it kind of stands on its own but it, it fits the movie so well. And Arnold acts like just so well in that scene. I love that scene a lot. It only, the only thing that doesn't do it for me is that uh, bad to the bone song at the very end of it, which I, I hate that song, but it does fit. So I get it and I get it for the time, but mm. watching it now, that's the only part that falls apart for me. But I love that scene a lot. Is that
0: your absolute favorite
2: scene in the, the entire film? I mean, it would be hard to pick a favorite scene, but I think that that one resonates with me so well. And just being uh, like my first couple of viewings watching this as a kid and being obsessed with it, I yeah. think that's just what I saw as like the coolest person in the entire
0: world. So, yeah. Nice. And Matt, your all absolute favorite scene.
2: Oh, uh, I
1: don't know if I, <laughs> absolute favorite scene. I mean, it's like, ho- like the hospital scene. Um, right after the, uh, there's the, one, one scene I will mention quickly is the the first fight between the T-1000 and the T-800 because Amazing. Robert Patrick is so much smaller than Arnold. Oh, yeah. You think, <laughs> how is this guy supposed to beat up Arnold? And he does, which, you know, shows you how, you know, of course, shows you how much powerful he is. <clears throat> After that, you know, pictures have been taken and the police go to Sarah Connor and show him the Terminator is back. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, it's not funny, but he, she goes into a catatonic state uh, as they're asking they're asking her uh, the the uh, questions because they have pictures of the 1984 police station mm-hmm. shoot him up, mm-hmm. and they have pictures of him at the mall. Clearly, this guy is back, but they still don't believe her that you know he's a terminator and that he exists at all. But she she goes into a cat from that point to their arrival in Mexico. I mean, I guess it's a good 20 minute chunk mm-hmm. of I mean, so it's hard to say favorite scene, but favorite act of the movie would be that
0: part very well said there's i'm sure countless scenes that that are of utter importance i mean the part where they they infiltrate the the lab there with miles dyson when we first um, see the lab and you see (laughs) the
1: skeleton arm in the in that vault is terrific Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have to give a shout out really quick to just one scene i can't leave it on the cutting room floor here I, i have to say something about it the scene where the T-1000 is chasing after the car and he develops like the the liquid uh, metal arm hook. And yeah. uh, God, I mean, that's just burnt into my brain. There's no way that can ever leave. Whenever I hear the word Terminator, I immediately think of that. So I, I have to at least just throw that part out there.
0: One, one of my favorite parts is that the everybody talks about like tom cruise running in every movie but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this running performance by robert patrick in this movie is next level the guy oh, looks yeah. like oh, yeah. a machine running <laughs> like i've yeah. never seen anybody run like a machine he running.
1: uh reconditioned his body to do that uh
0: somewhere <laughs> he had
1: to learn to like to run while breathing through his nose and not look out of breath when he
2: stopped
0: damn i want to rewatch this movie oh my god <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's it's
2: basically one of those movies you get done watching it and the next day you're like shit how do i top that <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah a lot of a lot of like retreading of the same scenes like you said that that police interrogation happens in the first movie with kyle reese uh the cop shootout it's a little bit bigger scale this time with a minigun and a lot of explosives <laughs> like the whole budget so but it's no casualties which which is the coolest thing and we'll get to quotes but okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quotes is coming up stay tuned wow yeah there's quotes. Uh, favorite <laughs> character or actor i mean you could take the big three edward furlong or john connor sarah connor or the terminator i this movie I love Robert Patrick in this movie. And yeah, hey, that ever- was mine
2: too. Yeah. It yeah. the- yeah, <laughs> all T-1, day 000. My yeah. wife
0: was sending me gifts of Terminator 2. And she's like, wow, this guy was genuinely like terrifying, especially near the end of the movie where he, he wags the finger at her. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's always this, like, I oh, can't be beat. There's no way Arnold's going to go toe to toe with him. Loved every time he fought uh, Arnold. Loved mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's a shame he didn't get a lot of a lot of screen time because of the special effects involved there. Uh, but right, I think because
1: every time he shows up, you expect him to do something
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. So Always, there's a
1: like, big chunk of the movie where he's missing
0: in the psych ward when he walks right through the the <laughs> gate there. When <it's, laughs> he comes through the like, like, tile in the floor, I mean, yeah. Yep. <laughs> there's a
1: there's the great joke about how dedicated Robert Patrick was to his craft that he learned how to turn into liquid <laughs> to pass through that gate and that's how great of an actor
2: he is i mean look it can't be overstated he is this movie um and he's not even the most iconic part of it so that's got to tell you something
1: <laughs> uh he he observed uh, the hunting styles of reptiles insects cats and sharks in preparation of this of that role
0: wow Okay, now, another mean, reason not reload. Well, reload. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, there's nothing else you can say about it. I mean, he is so just sells this movie. If, if you, if you just watch a super cut of, of the T1000 in this, uh, your mind will be blown.
0: <laughs> because it's the fear of the original T800, but it's, you need something bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, it's going to be boring and repetitive. Why not make him liquid metal? Yes. Right. <laughs> Damn. Uh, we talked a little bit about recasting. Oh, Matt, did you your favorite character? I don't think you said yours. Me and Dan uh, agreed the T
1: one thousand.
0: I nice, that. that's yeah, three. I mean,
2: it, it's a three way, a three way tie. You know, there's <laughs> it can't that's be awesome. overstated.
1: Yeah. Performance alone makes him the best character. He doesn't blink when he shoots. That's hard oh. to do.
0: You're, is that one of those nitpicks you had? Because that's a, that's an incredible catch. That's, that's not case. a nitpick. That is <laughs> not at <a> all. Goal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wild wild i just want like to watch him run i think that's the the coolest thing recasting roles uh i i don't know robert patrick is kind of like this is what he's known for mm. he's shown up later on and he was in peacemaker i believe but um he not he,
1: he uh he played the role two other times as the t1000 once in wayne's world
0: i remember that yep a cameo
1: <laughs> and then us an even briefer cameo in last action hero you see him leaving the uh, lapd headquarters
0: Can you recast him though?
1: Like, it's hard to do. I think James Cameron wanted, I saw it, he wanted Billy Idol at first. Wow. That blonde, spiky, you know, punk rocker Billy Idol. Uh, Recasting him was hard, but I did go back and looked up uh, actors of a similar age. Uh, Two that I liked were Gary Oldman. Oh. And Kevin Bacon. And another one who would have been, I mean, okay, now I came up with one more. Uh, Wesley <laughs> Snipes would be terrific mm-hmm. as a T1000, I think. But what I think a lot of people would have liked to see was Arnold versus
2: Stallone in a tournament. Sure.
1: Fighting it out.
2: That would have been great to see. And of course, you know you put those two big heavyweights in the early 90s against one another that that would be that would be great and probably sell some more tickets um i think that we've already all agreed there's no one else really that could play that role in the same way and have the same dedication um i you don't dedicate, think that yes. you see slice stone observing like reptiles and sharks and stuff to try to, that's not going to happen. He's not that kind right. of actor. Um, He's just going to go in and read the lines and do his part, maybe do an okay job at it, but there's, there's no topping him. So
0: I like that. They went with somebody new, somebody yes. that wasn't on the face of every movie poster. He was, he was living in his car at the time. Yeah. You don't want somebody <laughs> wow. that's going to outshine Arnold.
1: This, yeah. No, this you, can't, can't happen, yeah. you can't happen. Especially not in the sequel.
0: No, you no, know. All right. What has aged the best? One more. recasting. Yes.
1: John Connor, Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Dan, I I hate
0: you, you, Matt. Thank
2: you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can't just throw Leo at everything. All right. He's not that versatile of an actor for one thing. Um, Okay. But this is young,
1: (laughs) growing pains, Leo. Sure, And then sure. would have started his relationship with James Cameron, who put
2: him in Titanic anyways. I'm thinking back to something like the Basketball Diaries, and I just hate young punk Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't right. think that <laughs> he has the same, uh, I don't know, nuance that Edward Furlong does. Not that Edward Furlong carries that on into adulthood or anything. He's... Probably, you know, I, I think for all intent and purposes, he's kind of like a piece of shit too. Um, I think he was accused of like some statutory rape or whatever, but, uh, but either way, I think at that age, I think Leo is just too much of like a pretty boy, like punk kid. And I don't
0: think it works too famous. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like the Sloan kind of deal too. Famous yeah, for the movie. I,
2: look, I, I had a lot of trouble because when I was recasting, I only picked two uh, roles to recast. Anyways, there was nobody I could think of for, for John and, and I did it in modern day. So, so that would be completely opposite from what you were doing. Anyways, I'm sure it would just be like one of the stranger thing kids or something now or whatever, <laughs> but like uh, <laughs> for, for Arnold, for the, for the T eight hundred. Um, Again, I don't think anybody else could recreate that role. I don't think I don't think that fits for anybody else. It would be kind of interesting to see like a modern day like retelling with like somebody like Tom Hardy in it. I think I, I think that that could be interesting. And then the only other one that I picked was uh, Sarah Connor, and I thought maybe maybe we could pull something out of Rosario Dawson and see what she does with it. Not that she's got the same stoic like uh, badassness that Linda Hamilton does, but I think she's got something there that maybe could contribute.
1: Well now moving forward in the franchise, Amelia Clark played uh Sarah Connor of that sure.
2: same of that same age.
1: Yeah. Uh Denzel Washington was up for the role of Miles Bennett Dyson. Wow. But turned it down because there
0: was too much scared acting
1: and he didn't want to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see Denzel in that. Denzel's a very stern-faced, serious role yeah, kind of guy. Sure. Uh with a chock full of dialogue, and it's gotta be it like every the movie's in. 000 that's true i'd rather him than sliced alone to be honest with you. <laughs> i agree okay with him yeah. no the like guy who played uh, miles dyson honestly nailed it like yeah f- phenomenal right his last he's like i' telling him the cop i don't know how much longer i can tell it and then he takes his last breath uh, phenomenal great great work i I, for him.
2: I just i stand by my uh what i said earlier i don't think that anybody else could play these roles. I think that it was cast perfectly. And I think that it would have been a huge misstep if anybody else were cast in any of these roles. I think that it worked perfectly because of the cast and Very the script, well
0: said. of course, but <laughs> yeah, the, the script the scripted, and everything. <laughs> you can throw that into what's what's aged the best. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I just wrote down everything. Uh, yeah, there's it, a couple. It's things. hard to pick out anything like you said that might age it poorly, like that time stamps it more or less. Um, with the with the Guns and Roses, Bad to the Bone.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
0: if you look past the visual effects because they're not like the, the focal point of the movie, that you're you're okay with those. You know, fallen by the wayside. You look past it. Um, but what's aged the best is mostly the quotes. Uh, they're still quoted today. I mean, this, this, <laughs> yeah. this, this is so quotable. Yeah. This, uh, this is a quote movie. Yeah. And uh, James Cameron's legacy sequel, like sequel legacy. I think that, that he's still looked at as one of the best directors. And this is the, the movie that, that made him what he is today. I think if this movie wasn't as good as it was, does he make Titanic? I, who knows? Maybe, maybe not.
1: Yeah, I mean, because that was a passion project for him. It's not like uh, <clears throat> he was hired on to do that. Yeah. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, there you could certainly hear studios saying, well, we'll have you write the script, but we'll get somebody
0: else to direct it. Fair. Um, and <laughs> Robert Patrick running ages so well. <laughs> yeah. <it does. laughs> um, yeah. Wh- what, uh, what do you guys got? What's aged the best for you guys when you watch this one?
1: references to the movie itself every time you know anytime a movie brings out a t2 especially like the uh liquid metal as a joke it's hilarious and i love it every time it shows up for some movies like like what well, hot shots part did did it where hmm. saddam hussein gets frozen shatters and then liquid metal back into uh him not himself because he he melts in with his his dog so he has like the face (laughs) of a a cocker spaniel when he comes back but uh that might date some movies but not for me anytime that you know kind of happens the simpsons did it i mean that very famous and very popular meme or gif of homer you know, going backwards into right. the bushes where people yeah. use as like I'm leaving the conversation is a mm-hmm. T2 reference. Uh, so references to the movie
2: have uh, aged very well. Certainly. Definitely, I there's nothing else for me to pick besides the CGI. Like I, I it it would be so easy to to say everything. Um, everything worked really well in this movie and aged really well. Aged the best. Um, I, the CG and this just ages so well, I talked about it earlier, how it was used in a way to make sure that it wasn't the, the point of the movie. It wasn't, you didn't get so sucked into it that it started to look unreal, that it started to, to play with your imagination or whatever. It, it was just done perfectly in a way that, that they knew that they had to present it this way and then cut away from it quickly. Um, They they knew exactly what they were doing. It ages well, it holds up. It looks great against movies that are made right now. And, and that's with plenty of
0: advances and, and, and all of that. So I'm definitely going to go with the CG. Do you have anything that's aged the worst? My only point was that this is sadly the last jaw-dropping installment of the franchise. Yeah. There's seven of these movies now, and they just can't get it on track. Yeah, Is there seven, or how many is there? Well, there's six
1: movies and one TV show, (laughs) Mm. The Sarah Connor Chronicles, which is not bad. I'm actually very upset that that it got canceled after two seasons. Surprised it got two seasons, but canceled. I think because of the writer strike. I'd have to double check, but at once the that happened strike ruined. Yeah. It. A lot of shows can come back after that. And that, I think that was one of them.
2: Look, I'm going to do a theoretical here. This really doesn't, this isn't something that happened. Um, So, so, so it's kind of weird, but uh, I would say the worst thing, thing that ages this movie the worst is that they didn't make a, a Saturday morning cartoon off of it because Jesus Christ, why? Um, this really, really would have worked as one. I get that it would have to be based off of a rated R movie and and dumbed down for kids and everything, but we were the ones watching it. Um, I watched it, did it when it came out when I was a kid. It's got comic books. It's got everything. Um, why this wasn't at least talked about to be turned into a Saturday morning cartoon just blows my mind because I think that they really missed the boat on that. And I, I would have loved to watch it and I'd be rewatching it right
0: now.
1: Robocop
2: did this you
0: said Matt
2: Robocop did have a
1: Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sure did. <laughs> um, another thing that didn't age as well was again the novelty of the special edition. Like when the late when the again when the laser disc came out all of these new scenes were added in and people were excited to see that. Mm-hmm. But as, as I said before, when I just rewatched it, it was a lot of redundant information.
0: I, okay. I see now for you, if
1: you see it, you'll be like, you probably have that reaction of, Oh, this is great. But, uh, it After works a for a lot, lot of movies and it did work for this. But again, I think it was much more of a novelty and it's gotcha. worn off on me. Okay.
2: I think that this movie is the perfect example of one of those movies where there's, there's stuff th- that could be explained. There could be like exposition dumps here and there um or things that were more fleshed out and instead it was it was favored to be just placed like a, as a line of dialogue uh you you have some of those questions like uh like whenever john is talking to the T800 about why doesn't the T1000 just yeah come into the form of a bomb or like a big weapon or whatever and and and, and instead he explains that uh, you know, he, can, he can just come back as, as these non-complex weapons and, and stuff. And then the loops with the what happens with the paradoxes that could go on and everything, that the reason that everything needs to be stripped away from Skynet, and none of that needs to happen and everything. Uh, I think that just being lines of dialogue really, really works in this movie.
0: Where does Nick Cage fit in real quick? Uh, (laughs) T-1000? Miles Dyson? No,
1: not for me. I love when we add (laughs) Nick Cage. Uh, Only because when I listen to this show, uh, when I come on, I always think of, let's say I directed this movie, and Nick Cage is a buddy of mine that I put in all of my movies. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make him the star, not every time, of course not, but he will show up somewhere. For me, he is, I always give him small parts. He would be the old John Connor that you see
2: for one second in the future. Oh. <laughs> hey, that would be nice and fitting for a 91 for him. I have one too that's a little different. Um, I kind of went the same route as you because actually I, as we all know, I, I really like Nick Cage. I think that his fantastical performances really work and, and all of that. And I, I think that he – it would be interesting to see him star with Arnold in something. I would really like to see that. Uh, Unfortunately we didn't get that, but I think uh, Todd uh, the foster father for, uh, (laughs) for John, I think that would have been a really cool role for him. Just a small thing, but he could really act that one up.
0: I I like the idea of small roles because Mm -hmm. it, like we said, you can't touch this movie casting wise. It's just not a possibility. (laughs) Even if you're trying to shoehorn, in our boy so even like the cop at the beginning that that yes uh, the t1000 mm-hmm. the guy's on screen for his two lines of dialogue he's on screen for 30 40 seconds and i think that's where just just in the beginning oh it's nicholas cage move on <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you you think he's going to be in this for quite some time no uh most quotable lines this is like i said earlier it's chalked full of <laughs> quotes where to uh, dan you look like you have like a hundred million of them like the whole movies on your list <laughs> the whole script
2: no this is this is so hard to to pick a a quotable line um for me just because like you said there's just so many I don't even I don't even know how you would pick one um mm-hmm. i I do feel like os la Vista, baby is like <laughs> It's so. That's a good one because it's
1: new to the movie. It's not mm-hmm, like "I'll be mm-hmm. back" or yep. "Get Out" or "Come with me if you want to live." Uh-huh, or, uh-huh. I need your clothes.
0: Would <laughs> you guys say that la Vista is the f- most popular quote from this movie, or most famous, most quoted? Yeah, you, you would say that. <laughs> I don't even right. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something. Uh, man, okay, but the the one that stuck out with you the most. What uh, what was it? I don't have a. Mine is not quotable. I'm just okay. gonna talk about my favorite piece of
1: dialogue in the movie. Okay, it's dialogue or a small monologue. It's when the T800 describes what happens in the very new near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he says, I, and "I have it right here. I could do the whole thing, so you don't have to uh, splice it
0: into the episode." Can, can you act it can out you? too? All right. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> But he says, in three years, Cyberdyne will become the largest supplier of military computer systems.
2: All stealth bombers are upgraded with Cyberdyne computers becoming fully unmanned.
0: Afterwards, they fly with a perfect operational record. The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th.
1: I just love that little bit of future exposition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And clearly it's also part of the, the dialogue about who Miles Bennett Dyson is. And that's what she wants to know about who's responsible for this future massacre and, you know,
0: puts in her mind to go right on this mission it instantly paints him as the villain almost like a yes. temporary villain as the villains change in this movie where you can go for the small quotes like i always get a kick out of when he shoots the guard in the kneecap or knees and says oh, he'll be fine yep that's my dad's favorite <laughs> no no, no. One he them
1: says are... he, he shoots him and he says or what is before they arrive john makes him swear not to kill him yep. mm-hmm. and the guard stops them he says visiting hours are this and that and he draws his gun arnold shoots him in the kneecaps I guess John says, hey, what are you doing? He puts, he holsters his gun and he says, he'll live. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Remarkable. Dan, do you have a quote, an absolute standout for you, or is it just, you're going to play it safe, hasta la vista, baby?
2: I, I I have to. Look, somebody has to play it safe here and just go <laughs> for the one-liner. It, it's hasta la vista, baby. Awesome. <laughs> I wanted to pick a
0: one-liner, but what really stood out for me was, it, it's ironically in the Mexico part, is uh, the monologue from Sarah Connor. And it's one of her few voiceovers. And the voiceovers in this movie are so impactful because she's telling you her emotions. And like you, you kind of get an insight into what's going on in her, her really messed up head. Um, it's it's just about watching John with the machine. It was suddenly so clear the Terminator would never stop. It would never leave him. It would never hurt him, never shout at him, or get drunk and hit him, or say it was too busy to spend time with him. So right there, it, it talks about, her, her love for John, her wanting a better life for John Connor that she can't give him. And the the fact that there's no mother or father figure there for John. And it's something that she's tried to give him, but couldn't. And I noticed this a lot with like James Cameron's movies with aliens. There was the whole dynamic, the motherly, like the queen, she's just protecting her hive mm-hmm. um, with avatar. There's some, some motherly issues there. And it really, it makes me more invested emotionally and to see that this is character development for all the characters, this is this affects the Terminator, this affects John, this affects uh, Sarah Connor just as much as seeing them bond with the high five thing. I thought that's that's what I like to see, and that's what really hit hardest for me in this entire film. I think that 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 chunk of ex- dialogue,
1: Sarah Connor's narration, because it's done throughout the entire movie in short excerpts uh, mm-hmm. throughout, is an underrated gem for the film Mm -hmm. and continues where she leaves off in the first movie. She's narrating into the tape recorder in Terminator two. It's, uh, it's just in her head and for, for us to enjoy up until there's the, the, the deleted alternate ending where, where, uh, Judgment Day never happened to see the older John Connor (laughs) playing with his daughter and an elderly Sarah Connor is continuing to narrate, I think in her tape recorder again. But, uh, thankfully that is removed completely. It's not even in the special edition. You have to go
0: into the DVD extras for that one. I think that the movie ended really well. I think changing that ending would have been something. It's just a clean, quick ending to the movie. It's, It's Yeah
1: for T2 it ends with her narration i mean the the camera pointed at the street as they're driving clearly supposed to be representing the changing of lanes uh, we we stopped one possible future
0: what's to say it won't happen again remarkable really remarkable the imagery in this movie mm-hmm. what piece of movie memorabilia would you keep from this film Lots, lots in there. The hand, the hand that miles Dyson. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one of the first thing, maybe the CPU chip, maybe I'll try to recreate my (laughs) own Terminator. Oh no, please. What could go wrong, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah. yeah, There definitely won't be somebody coming back from somewhere to kill you. So yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then have the, the
1: Terminator comes back. And, I know. Just, this guy
2: <laughs> really
0: Jesus, okay. <laughs> Jesus, dear, come on, we asked you not to. You send me back in time, it's not worth it. He's weak. <laughs> look at him.
2: Yeah, in the meantime, true. you're like, it worked. Just no more. people your off. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Easy for me to pick the arm or that that chip. That, that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, I also like the pin identifier that. Mm-hmm. used um if that's a real thing computer the computer yeah. is real yeah it looks like a <laughs> nintendo ds from 91 so sure, <laughs> um, pretty, pretty cool how you know in 91 that seems like something that could happen and it's remarkable that you almost believe that a device like that could exist this day and age mm-hmm. and how that even a silly device like that doesn't age or doesn't take you out of this movie and think well that's that's the dumbest thing i've ever seen and it's really remarkable that the props yeah. in this movie age well yeah i'm sure banks saw the movie and saw john
1: connor with his little computer and phony uh atm card and said oh crap are we at this level we better <laughs> tighten up security
2: uh, yeah. we, we got to do something somebody insert a chip into these things There you go. (laughs) What's next? Tap on the board level executives. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) Skynet is real. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I went with, um, originally I just wanted to go with like any portion of the endoskeleton, uh, especially like the, the skull there or whatever. Um, that's cool and iconic, but then I thought back and I was like, you know, maybe I should dig a little deeper and not go with something. So surface level. So I just went with, uh, uh, uh tim uh tim's hair tim's nice red mullet so oh. i think that would be a good prop i mean i think it's his real hair it's obviously the one he had in uh salute your shorts so i don't think it's a wig or anything but cut it off and give it to me i'm fine with it
0: there you go good choice <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh pick one actor and the rest are played by muppets how do you feel Ooh. No, <laughs>
1: one real actor. Okay, who's
0: the real actor? Is Terminator? Is is Arnold? It's probably
1: Arnold because why? Else, I don't want to say why else would you go see the movie? He's, <laughs> but he's certainly the poster for it. Yeah. So yeah, Arnold and everyone else
0: is Muppets. And no, I'm going.
2: Uh, it's got to be the T1000 for me. Everybody else is Muppets. It's just the I. T-1000. I wouldn't
0: mind <laughs> seeing a Muppet turn into liquid metal. Yeah, that uh, would be cool. I something- don't
1: doubt that it hasn't happened already.
0: Something that uh, dawned on me when I was thinking, oh, you got to keep Terminator in, is what if Sarah Connor was the real character in this movie? And then the the part where she escapes the psych ward and he comes out of the elevator, that whole intensity is is null and void. Because (laughs) the second a Muppet walks around that corner out of the elevator, there's no fear. She just kicks it and that's it.
1: Depends on the Muppet. You remember Sweetums, the big, uh, you know, he's like nine feet tall and (laughs) hairy. If you walked out of an elevator, I'd be, I'd be scared. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, big, you've, you've got to just no have
2: straight Muppets of these characters. So I think it's yeah. like their Muppet counterpart and it definitely can't be Sarah Connor because I need a Muppet to burn on that fence there. I think that would look cool with the like fabric <laughs> and everything lit on fire. Uh, that would just be amazing. So. yeah, the it's, Muppets uh, burn. It's Gonzo <laughs> and it's just his nose. <laughs> into the
1: chain link. Oh God. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> Uh, we just talked so highly of this movie, one of the best movies ever made. And what are we going to grade it out of 10 and why? Let's start with, uh, start with Dan,
2: man, this one, <laughs> I, I say this every time um, I'm starting to notice a pattern myself. I, I, I always have to say that this one's going to be really hard. This one's going to be really hard. I don't know how to rate this movie. Um, it's, it's very hard. We sat here and talked about so much about this movie um, how it technically works, how it uh, is a nice tight script and how it's pretty much perfectly casted. What else can you really ask for in a movie, especially if you enjoy the concept of said movie, um, that makes it not a 10, uh, it's, it's really hard to strip that back and find some flaws with it that, that take away points. Um, so, I don't know really how to rate this movie. I feel like it's a very hard task. Um, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take into consideration the nostalgic factor for me um, because it has a really big one. And then I'm going to take something that's actually really important to me. Uh, I don't know if it's as important to you guys. Again, we talked about some age ranges here, Matt. I know we're a little closer in age than, than Jar and I are. Um, 13 (laughs) well true you shouldn't be watching this movie sir it is rated r so i hope you had an adult with you when you watched it but regardless um this this movie even though it's very early 90s um it really encompasses the 90s for me i have a big big soft spot for all things 90s I love Jinkos and starter jackets and uh, (laughs) all of that stuff. Um, It's very fun. Of course, that's later 90s, but we're talking early 90s here. We're talking uh, film that was dominated by Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're talking cool robots and nuclear war and and all of this fun stuff. Edward Furlong. Um, This movie just really is an iconic 90s movie more so than, than any other movie that I can think of in the nineties that just really did it for me. Um, I think once I, I think about that, I think about the nostalgic factor and I think about how great the CG is. I think about this script and how I just really can't poke very many holes in it. It really holds up and it just has one little spot that drags just a tiny bit for me, but it's also important to the film. Um, and, and I think about all those things together. I, this is a 10 for me. This movie's a 10 all day. There's, I, I can't make it a 9.5. I can't make it a nine, nine. This movie's a 10. I had, I had a feeling. I had
0: a feeling it was going to come <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> Look, it's very well said. And, and you made a lot of good points. Uh, nostalgia factor plays a part into it. It's, it's a lot, how well it ages the characters, mm-hmm. the music, the, 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 effects, the, the subject matter. Um, but does any of that impact your decision Matt?
1: Uh the worst thing that could have happened to me was watching this movie again with that uh, with that eye for details because if you had asked me last week I would have said 10. Absolutely. Oh. I think it's a perfect film. Now, I the score went down just a little bit because of uh certain pieces of dialogue or uh what you might call a plot uh small plot holes. I was just like, wait, that doesn't quite make sense. Doesn't mean this movie wasn't a cinematic achievement because it absolutely was. It's a uh, well, it's, I was gonna say well acted. It's better than well acted. Everyone does a terrific job. James Cameron uh, ma- becomes a household name with this movie. It wins four Oscars. We brought that up. Yeah, as far as uh, the nostalgic feel is concerned, it's there for sure because I don't mind putting this movie on not all the time, but if anyone ever asked, hey, you want to watch T2? Of course I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my score is going to be, and I gave the same score to Jurassic Park, <laughs> another movie that I absolutely love. But when I watched it recently, I was just like, hey, the, there was just a few couple of things that kept me from giving it a 10. So I'm going to give the same score as Jurassic Park to T2. It's a nine. Nine
0: out of 10 from Matt. Yeah this movie for me i watched later on in life i'd seen bits and pieces i kind of put together what kind of story but before i actually start sitting down and talking to you guys about movies it was just a movie to me it was something if i watched it cool if i didn't see it doesn't matter but now as i get older i i see these movies and there's you can almost comprise a list of some of the best movies that everybody must see in a movie and i was trying to explain to my my producer why this movie is so highly touted high, so so loved and i think because it's it's a first and it's the best in a lot of genres if you think about time travel movies it's easily top notch if you think about robot movies apocalypse movies action movies uh you name it it's for that reason it's there's a ton of of points given to it i don't have the nostalgic factor and there are some parts in this movie that 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 like the scene in Mexico where they drag a little bit but what movie even my favorite movies of all time there are parts that drag so i'm i'm okay to look past it i'm glad i don't think i'll ever get to a point where like you Matt where you i nitpick because i don't want to look at the movie like that i'm going to yeah. live in ignorance and i think this movie is is better viewed that way i'm not saying you're wrong yeah it's a curse sometimes <laughs> and it
1: only happens to movies i've seen a million times and then that millionth time i got to find the one thing i didn't see before and then yeah. i don't want to say ruins the movie but uh, certainly it's kind of like seeing it again sure. where people are like what do you think oh it's great except for this one part
0: that's fair and i'm sure i'll get there but i'm only on like four or five viewings in <laughs> so it's still still fresh for me i always look forward to the movie the rewatchability factor is one of the biggest things and the fact that i want to watch this movie the next day speaks
1: volumes knowing there's the special edition when are you going to put that one on
0: (laughs) soon? As soon as I can find it, I I, I want (laughs) to order it. I'm looking for a nice steel book, but until that day comes, I think every time I watch this movie, I'm going to enjoy it more than I did the last time. I'm going to notice something more that I liked about this. And as I watch it with different people and I talk to to, like you guys, there's more appreciation for it. And if we can get more people on board and the more we can talk and elaborate why, what works, what doesn't work. I think that's going to add, but as of right now, as of this most recent viewing, it's definitely a nine out of ten, and again, it's the nostalgia factor that can't put it out of ten because ten for me is like my favorite movies of all time, and it's a very finite list. So I think nine is that to say it won't go up in the future. I absolutely think it has. Uh, uh, listen to me, *He Terminator* too. You got room for improvement, but it's, it's, <laughs> that's not the case. I think it just takes a couple more viewings for me to be uh, from to move it to, to a 10. And I think it, it has the potential to do that. The more I watch it, the more I talk about it.
2: Hey, all just solid so scores. We, we got a 10 and two nines, not bad at all for, uh, a movie about, uh, post apocalyptic robots. Uh,
0: I think you left out a key point, a sequel about post. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. Robots. A, a, a part two. Um, so I can agree with that. Um, I did want to shoehorn something in just here at the tail end, uh, just for, you know, uh, a little treat for some of our listeners. As you all know, uh, Matt does a show uh, weekly, daily. Matt, can you tell us a little bit more about the show that you do? Um, uh, the uh, Well,
1: I host uh, the Movie Trivia Championship over on Mac Flash Entertainment on YouTube and co-host mm-hmm. uh, a couple of other shows with uh, buds of mine where they're mostly
2: trivia-based uh, game shows. Exactly. So so here we have Matt on the show. And I did want to just in, inject just a, a tiny, tiny piece of trivia just between the two of you. Just see who, who, who oh, might no. get it. Um, <laughs> so I hope you guys are ready for this. Uh, so... The category is, of course, Full House. That's what I'm oh, talking about. So, Surprise, hoping, surprise. Um, that, uh, look, I, I know I'm going to get an answer out of one of you. One of you is going to get it right. Uh, you'll get it correct. This is a little bit of a harder trivia question for Full House, so you'll have to dig a little bit deep there into your memory. But John I do want to know. <laughs> no, no? That's, okay. that's not the answer. Um, in one of the episodes, Michelle won a uh, fish at the county fair. And he died whenever she gave him a bubble bath. What was the name of Michelle's pet fish?
0: I really hope it's John Connor.
1: <laughs> I, I was gonna say like I'm I'm hoping that it correlates to the movie we've been talking about, uh, Terminator. You guys have a second close? choice in my head. They
0: really
2: close. Okay, Matt, that wasn't it. So give me one more. So I want to say like Free Willy. <laughs> all right really really good answers you guys are all really close it was actually martin the answer was martin so, um, okay <laughs> this is zero relevance to oh, yeah no relevance whatsoever just you know,
0: uh just
2: say that out there so the audience thank you for sticking around
0: for that that was uh, <laughs> that was awesome uh a post-credit scene if you will yeah maybe <laughs> the editing room floor <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a thing okay <laughs> so
0: uh, matt everybody knows where to find you at mac flash trivia championship the match between me and dan the real good what did you call it the real good the real good matchup yes check there. it out yes. mac flash uh entertainment on youtube yes all the stuff is there anything
1: else as far as i'm concerned uh that's probably the best the best thing you guys have ever done <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: This Maybe has you. been
0: a the longest episode of real good movies, but it's called that for a reason. And we thank you for listening to talk about uh, Terminator Two. Matt, thank you for joining us. And as always, I'm Jer. I'm Dan. I'm Matt. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs>
1: good one. it with a quote. There you go. God now you're got it. on track.
0: <laughs>